and welcome back to the Care to Change podcast, where we discuss practical solutions for positive change. We're so grateful you've chosen to join us. Today, you'll be listening to a conversation our director, April Bordeaux, has with one of our Care to Change therapists, Sarah Barksdale, to discuss the topic of secrets as part of our Real Talk with Church Leader Wives series. Thank you for listening as we continue to foster practical solutions for positive change. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to this week's edition of the Care to Change podcast. We are so glad that you've joined us today. We have a really important topic today. It's called Secrets No One Wants to Talk About Abuse, Addiction, and Adultery, Real Talk with Church Leader Wives. Wow, um, what a topic. So you're here for a reason. I want to introduce to you our very special guests that we have. They're all special. We have Sarah Barksdale with us today. Hi, Sarah. Thanks for coming today. Thanks for having me. So glad that you're with us. Uh, can you, before we start onto this topic, can you tell us just a little bit about you and what brought you to Care to Change? Sure. Well, I just graduated, so I have my LMHCA. Um, so I, before I graduated, be, prior to that, about a year before, I kind of started just seeking people in the field to to guide me and give me some wisdom. And I know I had reached out to you, and but. The way I learned about Care to Change was interesting. And one day, uh, it was the same day that I had met with a gal that's an employee here, and she had told me about Care to Change. The same time, my husband, who is a pastor, had sent me a text, and someone had just told him about Care to Change the same day. And so it was just interesting to me, and I was looking into it a little bit more, um, and it just was great because I love how Care to Change really reaches out to the community, schools, and uh, just wants to care for people people outside and with their mental health and so and the biblical basis of it too was was really great so I'm very privileged to be a part of the team I'm so glad that you're here uh like we were we were talking before we started today it was about a year um, ago that I met you before I should say a year before you joined our team so um I couldn't wait to have you jump aboard and the the beauty of you um taking that time was being able to get some experience in the field of addiction, yes, as well as being trained in EMDR. So you come to us with a lot of great experience, ready to help <laughs> families who are hurting. So I'm glad that you're here. Another um, reason why we ask Sarah to join us today is because, like she just mentioned, uh, she's the a pastor's wife. And so this topic, secrets no one wants to talk about, um, especially related to um, being a pastor's wife, is an important one. And one that I know uh, really affects more people than we really talk about, which is why it's considered a secret. So I'm glad that you're here. Um, I'm going to ask you one more real quick question about yourself before we jump into this topic. If you were going to list three types of people that you work with in case uh, the people who are watching or listening are new to you, Sarah, who would you say if you are in these different groups or these kind of issues call me, what would you say those top three are for you? So I have a passion for those uh, that are struggling with addictions and also then with marriages. I love to use the Enneagram assessment. So that really can be with marriages or parenting relationships. It's a, it's a relational tool that I love to use. And then I would also say, um, church leadership, working with pastors, wives, people that have been in the ministry, because I, that just carries its own mm-hmm. set of um, mm-hmm. unique mm-hmm. weights, 
I would say. And so yeah. um, love to speak with people in that, that category as well. Yeah, I can imagine um, the pastor, the, the church leader is the one people see. So whoever's up front preaching or leading the groups, those are the ones that for the most part, generally speaking, that's, that's who, who goes up, up in the front and that's who people see. But there's something that happening behind the scenes and sometimes off to the side. I know, you know, um, watching lots of different church um, services online, you know, the, the camera will pan over to the, the church leader wife, you know, and, and then pan back. So you kind of, you know who they are, but there's it's almost like an enigma, like who is that pastor's yeah. <laughs> wife? What is she really all about? And yet she's the one behind the scene, mm-hmm. sort of keeping the man in check, right? I mean, <laughs> and and supporting and cheering and running the house mm-hmm. and and maybe working outside of the home even. And so there's a whole lot to being a church leader we don't ever really see when you know as a a person who just attends church, you know, you go and you sit right. down and then you watch, you participate, you know, serve in whatever way, but you don't always get to know the, yeah. the church leader wife. And so we have a unique opportunity to have you here on our team to Ooh. be able to speak into that for women. Um, well, it's a privilege. And I like to keep the bar low. For yeah. <laughs> so if you come, no real. worries, I will keep the bar low for you. So no pressure. <laughs> we, we call that being real. That's called living an authentic yeah. life, yes. right? Yes, it is. Uh, so I'm glad that you yeah. live an authentic life. So um, that's refreshing, actually. Mm. It lets me know that we can be real. So, um, all right. So this topic, secrets no one wants to talk about, abuse, addiction, and adultery. Where do we even start? I think maybe the first question might be, and I think intuitively we know this answer, Um, but is there abuse, addiction, and adultery in church leadership? Do you, Mm. is that something I, I, we might've just lost half of the viewers because I I don't want to talk about this. (laughs) I don't want to hear that, but other people are like, huh, wait, yeah, I know. So absolutely. I mean, everybody's, we're fallen, fallen sinners. So Mm -hmm. definitely happens in church leadership, um, And I think what you were talking about earlier, just being authentic, I think that is the hardest part in church leadership, especially dealing with these issues, because a lot of people, where do you go where Mm -hmm. you can feel the freedom to speak Mm -hmm. and share your heart? And these are huge burdens. I mean, these are Mm -hmm. really major issues Mm -hmm. that you need someone to come alongside, Um, and especially in leadership, because that encompasses can encompass Mm -hmm. someone's whole identity and Mm -hmm. their family and their income and how they are, you know, just seen in the community. Mm -hmm. And so it can be really overwhelming if it's happening in church leadership Mm -hmm. to try to find some place that's safe. That's safe. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because you're sort of put on this pedestal Mm -hmm. uh, metaphorically, but also in real life, you know, you're up on the stage. And so Um, you're expected to be or live this certain way. And I love it. It's so refreshing when I see pastors up on the the podium talking about, well, when I, when I see my counselor or when my wife and I went to a counselor or, um, when I saw, when I saw my therapist the other day, I, it's so empowering to let people know, Hey, I heard a quote the other day. Um, therapy isn't for the mentally ill people. It's for people. Yes. <laughs> right. And yes. so it's for anyone. <laughs> right. It doesn't mean a diagnosis is required. Um, all of us go through challenge. And so, and we know just by sheer numbers. I mean, we look at 
abuse. And we know, I think the number at one point was one in eight, one in eight people experience abuse in their relationships, addiction. We were, we had a uh, talk with Mike Spencer here. We were talking about addiction and, and he mentions one, almost one in two people, Hmm. um, because there are 11 types of addictions. And Mm so almost 50% of the population churches included church leaders included, right. Um, struggle with an addiction and then adultery we know runs Mm -hmm. rampant in homes. And so why would we think it would be any different? We would hope it would be different, um, because of our Mm -hmm. standard and the value set. But the reality is we're still human. We're people, like you said, sinners. So where do you start first? I, I think what I heard is to normalize the fact that, um, it it's real, it Mm -hmm. happens. And then you said something about seeking out a safe space. So if you were a, if you're a church leader's wife or a church leader and you're hearing this, yes, number one, it's, it is, it is all over. It's not Mm -hmm. just to a certain subsect of people, but if you're listening to this, what would you say to, uh, the, the ladies listening? What would you tell Mm -hmm. them about finding a safe space? So, Come to care to change. Right. Thank you for that. <laughs> uh, yes. It's really hard, unfortunately, sometimes to find, you know, I'm not saying it's not there, but it can be mm-hmm. hard to find that safe space in in your church. So mm-hmm. some of us are very blessed with with good friends that we can have that. When my husband and I, we were church planning in LA and we just went through a season that was really, well, several, like the eight years we were there was a whole season. (laughs) It's just hard. Mm -hmm. And we ended up, the Lord kind of brought us through different situations to bring us to the counselors that we had that actually lived in the time in Indiana. So it was so funny because this wasn't even on our radar to live here. And so they flew out to, to do like an intensive weekend with us. And then we would Skype with them, but it literally, the Lord used that time to even help self save our marriage. It wasn't, Mm. there wasn't adultery or, or anything like that involved. It's just, we weren't communicating. We were exhausted. Mm -hmm. We had four little kids. And so sometimes that source can be outside. And now we had the few good friends that we knew that didn't ask too many questions. They knew Mm -hmm. and we something was going on. They were praying for us, but we needed someone, Hey, can you watch our kids for the whole day? Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. and so it's important first to just know you're not alone. Mm -hmm. There's nothing, um, usually in counseling centers that that people haven't heard before. Mm -hmm. And that's not to diminish what you're going through, but to also feel like, you know what, this is, it's real. And Mm -hmm. you have help and people that love you that want to help you towards healing and restoration. Mm -hmm. And that can happen, Mm -hmm. but secrets keep you sick. And so until you take that first step and it's a vulnerable place to be, it's hard to be vulnerable. And a lot of that is trusting in the Lord to trust through the people that you're, you know, you're telling, but you will get to a point where you just, it's too much of a burden to carry. And the consequences are so great. Mm -hmm. Um, when we're not able to kind of take that step. I, I hear, forward. I hear sort of two things from that. I hear, um, f- finding your, your tribe, you know, mm-hmm. um, your friends who will support you in the practical pieces, you know, take, take my kids for the day. Mm-hmm. Let me get out. That's an important piece, but then finding that safe place. And we, we laugh and we say it's care to change. It doesn't have to be care to change. Right. There are other, you know, qualified, very good, uh, mental health providers and therapists out there. 
um, that we even refer to at yes. times, depending on the situation and the need. But the important part is finding that safe, that safe place. Right. And um, I think that's what I hear from pastors' wives when I talk to them about the exhaustion and then the guilt over feeling exhausted because kingdom work never ends. Mm -hmm. And so, um, supporting, supporting your spouse and yet how to set a healthy boundary, um, and not feeling like you're letting quote the kingdom down, um, by having a boundary and saying no to Mm -hmm. things. And so I, I heard you say, find, find your, your people that Mm -hmm. will support you in practical ways, but also to find that safe, you know, space to be able to just, um, be real and talk, um, openly with a a counselor who can take you through whatever it is that you're going through. That's, that's good. I, I want to ask you about, um, this idea of, you know, pastors, wives having it all together. And I love that our culture has sort of shifted from (laughs) what it used to be, what pastors, wives, you know, the image that people used to have of pastors, wives to where they are now, you know, I love that shift. It's nice and, and refreshing. Um, I heard it, I heard someone say, um, but that, um, prayer is a weapon. Therapy is a strategy. <laughs> and so one of the, one of the kind of quests that care to change has been on is to educate churches and church leaders that therapy and, um, being in counseling is not, you can't only have that or have faith. Like you can be a person of deep faith and still be in counseling. Right. You can pers- be a person. We talked about this in a different one of our podcasts. You know, you can have deep faith, but also have anxiety. Mm-hmm. Like the two really often coexist. And so will you share a little bit about, you know, if this, if, you know, abuse, addiction, adultery, if one of these is happening, um, and by sheer numbers, we know someone that's listening mm-hmm. is affected or, you know, someone that's affected, right? We just know that. So yeah. let's just put that out there. We know it. Um, we know that friendships are important. We talk about connection, connection, connection all the time. God created us for connection. Um, this idea of, okay, well, therapy. Um, when do I know that I need therapy? But um, this idea that still I think sometimes is in the church, I think it's maybe shifting a little bit that it's either either I need to have more faith mm. or I need to pray more or I need to journal more and then I can just save my mm. marriage from this addiction or he or she will change the abusive ways. Like if I just prayed more or I'm lacking faith and then there's this whole element of wrestling with God because I am praying and I am in my, in the word and I am journaling and nothing is changing. So it's God coming through. So can you sort of speak to the idea of you can have both deep faith and practice these spiritual disciplines, but also still have this. And, and what do you do about that? Mm -hmm. That's a really good point. Um, And so, and that was something also with Care to Change that helped me lean in this direction. And and actually, it's a huge reason why I wanted to go get my degree in mental health, Um, because there are evidence-based practices that, and just in in more in-depth learning, more in the psychology realm, Mm -hmm. I would say, which which even how I was brought up a lot was we just you don't need, just don't say that word. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. <laughs> um, and this is not to negate that the Bible is the inerrant word of God. And yes, right. the Bible supplies us mm-hmm. with our needs. However, there are also a lot of study. We can also use what God's given us in the world too. And there's mm-hmm. just been a lot of, um, neurological studies and all these, even with addiction mm-hmm. that I think years ago, just 
it wasn't a part of the conversation, especially in churches. And I think it can be really damaging Mm -hmm. because we're not seeing both sides of the scale. So if let's just take substance, like substance addiction, Mm -hmm. that literally changes your brain. They've shown that it literally changes your brain. So you kind of have to take two sides of the coin. Your your faith plays a big part in that. Yes. Mm -hmm. Can God change that? Can he change Mm -hmm. the way your neurotransmitters you know, fire and all of that. Absolutely. Could he do that in a snap of a fingers? Absolutely. There's that part. And we have our faith at the same time. Um, you need to be pursuing and putting yourself, you know, Mm -hmm. being smart about your choices and having harm reduction plans and different things like that. that. Like practical, practical, Mm -hmm. um, and not just, and I don't want to negate this, but it's not just putting a Bible verse on a index card and stick it in your pocket. Right. It's so much more than that. And right. so going to, you know, find someone that can help you integrate both. Mm-hmm. It's really an integrated process. And it's a really beautiful thing because I think integrated, it's soul care. It's mm-hmm. doing true soul care because we're body, mind, right. and spirit. Right. And our bodies are important. Jesus didn't have to come in a bodily form. Right. But he did. Right. So it matters. Right. And um, we're we're completely, I'm glad that you said that yeah. body, mind, and spirit. And all three are interconnected and all three mm-hmm. equally important. And if you negate the health of one, you negate the health of your body, you negate the health of your mind, you negate that your spiritual health, um, right. it, then all parts of you suffer. And mm-hmm. if one of those parts are suffering, then if you're in a relationship, there's no, you're not bringing a whole person mm-hmm. to the relationship. And so the relationship suffers. So like, if you have a, a table and one of the legs of the table is broken, it's going to affect the right. functioning of the whole table. So if there's one part of you that's broken or not whole, then mm-hmm. it will impact your whole self. And then taking that into a relationship, of course, it's going to impact the relationship. Yes. So I'm, I'm glad that because it, it feels, it almost feels like you're not Christian when you say, you know, because prayer is enough. Prayer is powerful. The scripture is living and breathing and there's mm-hmm. truth to that and truth sets you free. We know this. We know what the scripture says. Um, but we also know there are practical steps mm-hmm. that people don't necessarily have that someone who's been trained can bring them to and walk them through yes. as well. And so, and plus healing from old wounds, you know, um, how do you do that in the mm-hmm. context of relationships and, and how do you help your brain move beyond trauma that it might have experienced or adverse experiences. How do you help your brain through that? And, and so EMDR is not in the Bible, right? Right. (laughs) But much of the practice of EMDR, which Mm -hmm. is, you know, a trauma-based treatment, um, for those of you that are are watching or listening, you know, it's a trauma-based treatment. Um, but a lot of it has to do with your thoughts and where does your brain take your thoughts? And so taking captive every thought that's, that's biblical, but that's not what EMDR says. And yet the two are so aligned, um, closely. Mm -hmm. So I'm, I'm glad that you said that. Do you have um, any resources? So as a as a pastor's wife, I, I think what I'm hearing is, you know, get your tribe, normalize it, get your tribe, know that there is a time and place for therapy, um, uh, that safe space, um, mm-hmm. that it doesn't mean um, that, it, that something is broken, although we are all broken, yeah. right? Um, but it, it means that you're ready for that safe space and to be full and whole. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and to recognize that it's just like not pray more, um, right. you know, yeah. that doesn't mean that there's something wrong. You're like, Oh, just pray more. Um, but that it, there is mind, body, spirit. I love that. 
what about some resources? So if you're listening and you're saying, yep, I, I, I have a tribe, but gosh, you know, everybody has their lives and, and I do believe, um, I, I probably need to reach out. Um, but in the meantime, uh, what do I read? What do I get my hands on? What resources? I, I see you brought I some resources. Some in my hand. All right. So share those, <laughs> share those resources with us. Well, one I have not read, but I have heard is a good resource. So that's Lisa Turkhurst. Mm-hmm. It's not supposed to be this way. Yes. Yes. And, um, so her, I think husband had had an adulterous relationship mm-hmm. and she just talks about how walking through that and I, I just heard her speak and I think they're now restored. So mm-hmm. that's probably um, mm-hmm. an encouraging one. There's the emotional destructive, emotionally destructive marriage by Leslie Vernick. And this is a good book. It helps kind of distinguish through a disappointing marriage mm-hmm. versus a destructive marriage. Obviously when there's physical abuse, but there also can be emotional mm-hmm. abuse and things like that. It helps um, walk people through that and then kind of next steps that one could take. Nice. Um, That's one of the questions we get safe. asked so many times. You're like, how do you know it's toxic? Mm-hmm. When is it time to walk away? So that, that question is. Yep. Good, she good. even has okay. a questionnaire in here. That's pretty helpful to take. Good. So good. someone can walk through that on their own. And that's called. Um, the emotionally destructive marriage okay. by Leslie Vernick. All right. And then codependent no more by Melody Beatty. Okay. Is it Beatty or Betty? But this is a really good one just because we all are kind of codependent in our own different ways, Mm -hmm. but she really digs into the codependency and taking responsibility for self when you're in these different situations. So it could apply to addictions, abuse, Mm -hmm. Uh, even, you know, if, if you're struggling, someone you're close to or in your marriage is struggling with an adulterous relationship, that is you know, to see if you're codependent on the other person, then what steps that you can take. So that's a really good one. Great. And then I'm going to have you oh, show that sorry. for those that are watching here, codependent, codependent no more. more. All right. Okay. Um, and then this is boundaries, mm-hmm. which is more heard of, but by Henry cloud and, and there's a boundaries in marriage. There's a boundaries mm-hmm. there's in several, dating. Mm-hmm. So there's several different kinds, several different boundaries. But I think that's the biggest thing that people in all of, you know, in all of these categories, which these three kind of really run together. I was thinking about the topics and just thinking through, you know, there's not really, when you're dealing with adultery, there might be abuse or addiction. They all kind of sometimes end up together. Right, right. And so codependency and people learning um, healthy boundaries is really, really hard. Mm -hmm. And it's not easy to do but it's necessary to do and figure out what that means for each individual family. And that's an important thing to realize that there's no situation that is exactly the same. Right. So you can't just, we can't just say, well, we're going to stamp this on this family and it should work for everybody's family. So that's also why counseling and finding your tribe and the right people to really hear you out, to know you, to be able to walk you through, you know, the pain that you're going through is important. Um, because it's going to be hard. Yes. And there's no easy fix. That's, it's, which, yes. There is hope though. Right. <laughs> so I don't want to leave right. on that end. Right, right. So, but there is, there yes. is hope. Restoration, healing, it may not look like mm-hmm. what you imagined, mm-hmm. may not look like even necessarily what you want in the end, mm-hmm. but God's faithful. Right. And he can, he can heal and restore. Right, right. I love that. I love that. It's not easy. 
Um, it might not look like what you mm-hmm. had imagined, but in the end, it'll be, um, what God has in store for you and he'll, he'll be there. Yeah. He'll be there. Um, faithful. And that it sounds trite to say, and if you're in the middle of it, I don't mean it like that. Right. Um, because I know that it's, it's difficult. So, well, um, Sarah, thank you for joining us. I know we just barely touched the tip of this iceberg with, um, all of these topics we have, you know, we have more in this series that we'll be talking about, um, as well. So, Look at the other, um, look at the other mm-hmm. podcast in this series if you're interested in, in digging in a little bit deeper. And if we have just really struck a nerve with you, if this is something that wow, I, I really was hoping they'd get more into, fill in the blank. Um, we do have our um, care line, our care telephone line available to you for you to text or call. You can email us as well. I know again we've just sort of barely skimmed at the beginning of this. And so th- I don't want to leave anyone feeling like, wow, I have so many questions now. So please email us, text us, call us. That's really why we are here. Uh, reach out to us, know that we are here to walk alongside you. And thank you so much for joining us. And we hope you'll uh, join us again. Thanks all. You've been listening to the care to change podcast, where we discuss practical solutions for positive change. Don't forget to view the show notes for resources mentioned in the conversation. Please reach out to us through the care line at 317-979-7133 or at help at caretochange.org. You can always find us on Facebook, Twitter, Pinterest, LinkedIn, and YouTube as well. Thanks for listening, and we hope to continue to foster practical solutions for positive change.